And all of a sudden she pops up. She grabs the two front seats, leans forward and goes, what's the best way to have sex in this thing? Oh my God. And I just looked at her husband and her husband's like, I'm so sorry. What's up gang. I'm Chase. And I'm Luke. And we are Crooked Crooked Sticks. Sticks. Welcome back. This is episode what? Number nine. Number nine. I'm going to apologize for episode eight because I feel like I haven't had caffeine in like three weeks. So I was a little sluggish in the last episode. <laughs> I felt I watched it back and there was a moment where you were talking for like a solid two minutes and I was like this. Like I was just like I was just zoned out and I was going right, right. You know right. what I mean? It was just it was bad, man. And on the other end of it, I really bad. thought that uh it was a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, after that it got great. But like the first eight minutes of me, it was just Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. I was you were zoning it, out, oh, but it was bad. It turned into be a really good episode, and hopefully yeah. everyone got something from it because, I mean, it was pretty deep, I feel like. Yeah. Um, Feeling Distant from God, episode eight. Go check that out. Go yeah. Go peep that. Go peep that. But now, episode nine, mm. we're going to take it a little different route. We're going to yeah. go back to um, just the lifestyles we live and mm. talk about uh, sales. Our careers. Career path that we both decided to take. And um, Chase has been in sales how long now? Mm, 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. And I'm kind of just starting my journey in a way. I've been in, uh, I was in sales when I lived in Iowa for three and a half years. Yep. Uh, and then came back and got into uh, accounting. And the sales you were doing in Iowa was semi sales, semi trailer sales, or yep. se- actual semis. Yep. And we were detailing. I mean, the whole business was just the three of us um, pretty much doing the, the shop work the detail work, trying to sell semis and trailers at the same Dang. time. Um, there was quite a bit. So, And yeah. then I came back, got into accounting, and then now I'm almost two years into mortgage. So right on. Uh, just getting that, that rhythm back down for what sales is. and um, But yeah, let's kind of talk about it. Uh, what are your thoughts on sales in general? Mm. Let's talk about sales in general. Not necessarily car sales, not mortgage yeah. Sales in general, do you feel like do you feel like everybody can do it? Um, if I had to put sales into three words, I would say um I would say tough, rewarding, and ex- ex- exhilarating. Those those are my three words I would use. Ex- at least for me. Now, for those of you who don't know, I'm in automotive sales. So I I sell cars, I lease cars, new and used. Um, I work for a Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram store. We're a, a, a bigger store in, in Western Wisconsin, um, you know, and, and we're putting out, you know, in an average month, we're putting out probably 100 and 120, you know, 130 units in a month. So between new and used. So decent number of, of cars going out per month. We got five guys on our team uh, as far as sales go. And uh, it, it's fun, man. But no, I, I say that because it's tough. The grind. Yeah. Right. And most people get into sales and they're like, man, this is going to be awesome. I can't wait. This is blah, blah, blah. And then it, their first couple months go by and it hits them like, man, I ain't making money. Like I, <laughs> like this is, I thought this was going to be awesome, but it's a grind, you know, right. especially when you're coming into an industry where you have veterans that have a clientele built up. They have those people coming back every day. Whether it's to drink coffee or eat popcorn, whatever, like they, they got this this um, portfolio, 
right? Yep. And so you're coming in as a green pea and, and trying to get your feet wet and it's, it, it can be tough. It's a grind. Um, and so I, you know, I definitely noticed that right out of the first, you know, the first year or so of me doing it. Um, I say rewarding because you do meet some incredible people in sales, the relationships you build, if that's your goal is to create a clientele and to create those relationships, that's a huge part of it. And, and it's super rewarding. The people I've met, the, the conversations I've had, um, the, you know, just the friendships along right. the way. Um, and exhilarating because honestly, I, there's nothing career-wise, I think, that gives you, I, I mean, maybe whatever, if you skydive and you're like a, you know, you're yeah. jumping out of planes with people, whatever. But selling something and closing a deal feel awesome. There's nothing like Like it. you're on a cloud when that happens. You, you, you know what I mean? And it's just like, you're so excited for not only the customer, but you're excited for your team. You're excited for yourself. You're excited. You're, you're just excited to, to have succeeded in that. I found success in just being who I am. Yeah. Being myself, you know, uh, people appreciate that. So when I, when I started, um, in the automotive industry, I knew nothing about cars and I still, to this day, will joke to people that I have no idea what I'm talking Like, like when I'm talking to customers and they start firing off, like, oh yeah, the, uh, the exhaust manifold, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, man, sweet. <laughs> you know more about that than I do. Like, I ain't going to sugarcoat it. I don't know that answer. I don't know what you're talking about. I just know it started when I pulled it up for you to drive. You know what I mean? Like, that's all I know on that side of it. But people also appreciate that. They appreciate right. honesty. If they're going to ask me a question, there's I've heard this so many times from customers. They hate when people make up an answer. Don't make up an answer. If you don't know, say you don't know. Right. Hey, I have no idea, but I'm going to get you the answer. I'm going to talk to the that person out. that does. You know what I mean? And so being myself, admitting when I don't know, admitting when I'm, you know, um, the other thing was, was, you know, I came into the industry and, um, I actually, I didn't start selling at first. I started doing marketing is what I was doing. So I was actually working on website design. I was helping, uh, our marketing manager with inventory stuff, with pictures, with this and that and Facebooks and social media, whatever. Um, and, and one day I walked into a Chipotle, okay, in Stillwater. I was just told that I'm going to start selling cars now. Walked into a Chipotle and they had this glass bowl with um, a sign on it that basically said, throw in your business card. We're doing a drawing for a free meal. And I'm like, oh, sweet. So I look in the bowl. I grab out my business card. And I go to throw it in the bowl and I'm looking in the bowl and it's all generic business cards, like nothing that stood out at all. Right. And I go, okay, so how many guys in the automotive industry are handing out their business cards and the customer just is like, oh, that's nothing special and tosses it in the glove box or, you know, whatever. Like mm -hmm. they, they just ignore it kind of. I'm like, man, I want something that stands out. So I went home and I designed this, this business card. I have a cartoon of my face on it. Um, I created a slogan for myself that I've had for the last 10 years, cut to the chase. And you didn't, know, just didn't you goofy. at one point have that on your truck too? Yeah. I had graphics all <laughs> over my truck on the back window with my big bobblehead on the back. Like you should do all my again, social dude. media. I should, dude. <laughs> I trade trucks so often though. That's the problem. Yeah. But it's like I had all this Living stuff, and, I'm, and I'm, yeah, right. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I I have all this stuff, and it and people love it. 
like people, they feed off that when they come in. Every person I hand my business card to, they laugh. They think it's funny. They're like, no way. I got a bobblehead of myself in my office. You know, um, I'm huge into customer photos, taking pictures of their customers and throwing them up online. And not that other people don't do that. But again, I think it's it's separating yourself and creating something that pe- uh, an experience or or a, a slogan or whatever it is that that'll stick. Yeah, it's a you personal know? touch. So yeah, so creating a personal touch, standing out from the crowd, being myself, um, and, and just caring about people. Yeah, you, you know that's what I've found success in over the years. And I think there might be something behind how much because you always post the pictures of your new customers with their new cars. Yeah, and there might be something in someone's mind that says, "I can't wait to have my picture taken with my car," and Chase post it. You know, or I've had that happen. Lines, I've literally had that happen where they're excited yeah. for it because absolutely all day long they see your pictures of your customers yep. with their new cars yep. and they're like. I can't wait to be showcased. Well, and the other thing you know? with that too, I mean, just talking about standing out more people, you know, people listening might be like, Chase, there's literally thousands of salesmen that post pictures of their customers <laughs> with cars. Right. Right. But when I was looking through those, you know, Facebooks and Instagram posts, one thing I noticed was that these customer or these salesmen, they'll basically say the same thing. Congrats to so-and-so on the purchase of their 2023 Hyundai Sonata. Yeah. That's it. So, so even taking it a step further and saying, no, I'm going to share a story about this person. I'm going to really make this a personal thing so that everybody that sees it, that's friends with them is like, dang, like this dude, this dude knows about them. Like he right. knows their story. He, he got to know these people. It wasn't just a sale, you know? And so that's something too, that I've been told by people that follow me online or whatever, like, man, you know, that dude came all the way from Arizona Flew in, you picked him up at the airport. He surprised his girlfriend. His girlfriend had no idea what was going on. Like, there's a whole story, and they know the story. Right. That was so cool, man. That was freaking awesome, you know? So just taking that even that next step as far as something so simple and making it your own. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that do that as well. So I, mean, I ain't saying I got the magic answer, but I'm just no, saying but that's, it's working. that's something that's worked for me. It's working. Yep. yep. And I think a big thing I've noticed is... I think this could go in all industries, but um, educating your borrower or your client, mm. you know, I think one of the big things, especially in the mortgage industry uh, or even real estate, real estate agents will walk their clientele through the house and not not tell them, like, just be like, hey, what do you think about it? Yeah. But really, you could be in there and be like, okay, the water heaters, you know, this old... The furnace is this old. Eh, it kind of looks like there's a crack in the in the wall here, or mm. you you know a, something about the foundation or something about the house that you could explain to your customer. Yeah, it's a sales pitch 101. Sales pitch 101. And I think on the mortgage industry, there's a lot of people that go through the mortgage process. They don't know what they're getting themselves into. Right. And then they're scared at the end of the transaction of like, what am I signing right now? Like, what are these numbers? Right. And if uh, that's one thing I've always taken pride in is making sure the person signing the papers know what they're getting themselves. Absolutely. Into. No. And that's, that's in any industry with sales. I feel like, yeah. Um, you know, for me there, there's, there's so many people that will walk into Bernard's trading a car and I'll say, Hey, so just out of curiosity, do you want to stick with blind spot monitoring since you had that on your last car? Why? Well, I, I didn't know I had that. What are you talking about? 
Yeah, no, you did. You know, or hey, so I saw you got remote start. Do you want remote start and heated seats on your new one? I didn't know there was remote start. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a lot of, and that just goes to show there are a lot of salesmen that will just push for a number. Right. They're pushing you out. They're, hey, got you sold. Cool. On your way, on to the next one. Yep. And they're not taking that time to explain, this is what you just bought. This is what you're buying. And and this is how you can enjoy it. You can get the full effect out of this vehicle or out of this home or out of this, you know, whatever. Um, so, no, it's a shame. It really yeah. is. Absolutely. And one, you know, a positive outcome of a story uh, was it was a couple that I had helped and it was first time home buyers. They were renting at the time, explained them through the process. We happened to get under contract with the second house they looked at uh, and they went on and now they have sent me two more people Right within the last two years. Yep. It's those connections being made and making a statement and really helping people is what's totally going to lead to more referrals. Down Absolutely. The road. Yep. And, 100%. you know, it's it's realistically not what you know, it's who you know. Right. In that instance, too. Right. Because you get the right people on your team, they're going to put your name everywhere. Right. Yep. They're going to yeah. tell everybody about it. Oh, for sure. And one thing I've always lived by, I heard this when I first started um, in, in sales, uh, and I've, I've never forgot it, and I hold on to it tight, is... Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when I'm alone. <laughs> so, no, but, okay, so somebody said to me once, and I'm going to use cars, right? But just whatever industry you're in, whatever you sell, just think of that product, right? I don't care if it's a couch. I don't care if it's homes. I don't, whatever. Burritos. All right? Anybody can sell a car. But it's how you treat that person, not only during the sale, but after the sale that matters. Right. Yeah. So anybody can sell a car, but it's how you treat that person during and after the sale, especially that make a difference for sure. And that's huge. And I think people would agree with that, that, you know, if, if going to the follow-ups and the, in that, in the sending referrals, that sort of thing, if that person feels like ah, I just got basically sold and pushed out the door, why would I want someone else to feel that way? Right. But if, if Luke's following up with me and like, Hey man, you know, we just closed on your mortgage last month. Or how, how's get, how are you getting settled in? How's the house How's the house going? You know what I mean? How's everything? How are the kids like in their rooms? How's this happening? Blah, blah, blah. Even though you're not the realtor, but maybe you're just following up as, as the loan officer. So mm -hmm. they know like, hey, if I got somebody else that wants a loan, I'm going to this guy because he took the time out of his day to care about me after I signed the paperwork. Right. You know, that's huge to people. And that means a lot. Yep. So that's something I've held on to for, gosh, forever. Yeah, and it just goes to show you you really care. I think that's the ultimate factor of they're not just a number. Right. Because so many people go through this world and they're, they feel like they're just a number or they feel like they're um, just being used, essentially, like you said. Right. Um, just a transaction. Yep. And I... I take pride in what I do and I know you do. Yep, absolutely. Of making sure yeah. those people are taken care of. Yep. And that's just what's going to build our business even stronger. And I think another point is the team around you too. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. Yep. Cuz you can be as good as you want, but if your transaction coordinator or your finance guy or the technician that's helping them in the oil change, right? 
it only takes one person to screw a customer. Yep. Absolutely. And that customer never comes back, no matter how much he likes you right. or she likes right. you. Yep. You know? Yep. You look at the team around you and you want to make sure that you have a stout team, whether no, no matter what industry, this could be the food industry, this could be um, insurance, uh, yep. literally anything. Your team is the most important part of your, uh, I guess, one of the most important, important parts of the transaction because mm. you need to have that backbone of trusting the people around you. Absolutely. Yeah, if you don't have trust, you got nothing. Yeah. If you can't trust, I mean, that's why people, I mean, you can't just hire anyone either. Right. Yeah, we talk about that a lot because, again, we, we run five guys, you know, um, and we're a store that could have, we could have <clears throat> eight guys if we wanted. Running five we, guys, we, no we, burger and fries, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but we don't. We, we, we want our, you know, we, we run a very laid back environment, um, no hostility. We all work very well as a team, you, you know, that sort of thing. Now bringing in more guys disrupts that a little bit. And so yeah. we don't do that, but we're a store that definitely could. Um, and so, you know, I, I just totally lost our topic of what we were talking about, dude. What were we just talking about? Your team around you. Yeah, dude. talking about five oh, guys. We, no, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My mind got stuck on five guys. No. So we were talking about. Um, we were talking about like bringing somebody in. You said you said like making sure like people oh, that fit your team hiring hiring right. And so that's what we've been talking about lately. Is you know we got some guys that are getting older and and they're approaching retirement. And so Bernard's, you know, we've been there 90, 91 years. And we, we have a reputation that we really uphold. We, we do everything we can to uphold that reputation. And, yep. um, you, you know, we've, we've been this uh, family owned and operated business that's been there so long and people depend on us and, and we know that, you, you know, and so bringing somebody in is super hard. And we've been talking about this a lot lately because you want somebody with the same goals and mindset that we all have. Yep. And a lot of these, a lot of people that we've had come in or that we've, um, you know, interviewed, they have very much like a Metro mentality and we're not that. And when I say Metro mentality for people that don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking a Metro dealership. I'm talking the ones you avoid because you don't <laughs> want that sales experience. They're just hawks. You know, you're out on the lot and you got four guys walking towards you at full sprint to try to sell you a car, you know? That is not us. And so when I say Metro, I'm talking the guys that act like that. They come in and it's kind of me, me, me. I'm so good. This is my numbers. This is what I do. It's not team oriented. And that's how we are. Every single one of our guys is what can I do today that's going to help my team? You know, it's a yep. team focused effort, um, you know, and a collective effort to make sure we are representing Bernard's well, not just ourselves. For sure. And um, so that's been really that's been really hard. And, and, you know, it's just tough, man. So trying to find somebody that fits that mold, it can be that can be a challenge. hundred percent. I believe it. And it's only going to get harder, especially as the surrounding area that we have is going to grow. It, yeah, it continues to grow. Right. Well, and it's it's hard to find somebody with kind of old school values that way, too. Yeah. Because everybody, I would argue that a lot of times people in sales nowadays that are coming into sales, it is a money driven, not saying it shouldn't be, right? Like you yeah. need to have success, 
but it's very much money driven and not ethically, ethically driven or morally driven. Right. So I'm just saying like, you know, it's about what am I going to do to sell that car? I don't really care what the outcome is for that customer. Like I, I don't care about giving them sound advice. I just care about selling them and moving on. Yeah. I don't care about how, how, you know, bad of a situation it is, whatever, just sell the car, get them out, you know? And so finding people that, that have those same goals and those same morals and those same, uh, those same mindsets. Yeah. It's going to be tricky. I, I, especially with upcoming generations that are a, don't want to work lazy and, and B just, if they do work, it's, it's usually a selfish mentality, right? Which is hard, but that's reality. Okay. So, so we've talked, <clears throat> we've talked about kind of what we would define or, or what we would explain sales to be to somebody that's maybe looking to join. Right. Yeah. We've talked about some branding stuff. We've talked about, um, our experiences and, and some of the difficulties, whatever. Um, you, uh, what I think is cool about what you do is it's the networking side of it because I don't really get that. Like I, I do, yeah. but I don't, you know what I'm saying? And so tell as a, as a mortgage mortgage loan officer, you do have a little more downtime where you can step out and do certain things and network and whatever. Right. Yeah. It's kind of the extent of it. Well, especially in a market <clears throat> that we're in for sure. I mean, you have plenty. Of, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's stuff to do at work. Right. But, um, networking is one of the biggest things to build that book of business quick. Yeah. You know, if you sit in your office, whether you're a car salesman, whether you're insurance agent, whether you're in the mortgage, whether you're a real estate agent, if you're just sitting in the office waiting for someone to walk in the door, right. It's going to be a long day. Got to keep filling that funnel. It's going to be a long week. Keep filling that funnel, son. It's going to be a long year. Yep. It's going to be a long life. Right. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where um, getting out to know people, uh, they always say a a big thing is your net worth is your network. Right. You know, once again, it's who you know, not what you know. And that plays part because once you start getting out into the market and getting to know people, you know, I could name off at least one lawyer, one accountant, multiple real estate agents, uh, multiple people that sell different small products, small business coaches. Mm. Um, what else is there? Multiple chiropractors. I mean, there's so many people that you get to know in these networking yeah. groups. Because everybody at these networking groups are, they're hungry. Right. They want to get to know everybody. Yep. And then you have this like referral basis, this deck of cards essentially where you're kind of the you know a guy right guy right so if someone's like oh i'm looking for someone to repair this i know a guy yep you know let me give you his card sure yeah oh i'm looking for a chiropractor my back really hurt i know three of them right right. you know take your pick how long you want to drive (laughs) son so it's it's one of those things where networking has been a big part of my life Hmm. And you really get to know people and you become that person of like, oh, I have a quick question. I can ask the person straight up. Yeah. You know? Yep. It is hard though. I mean, it's it's very intimidating at first, especially going to new networking groups. Yeah. Where you have to stand up and talk in front of the crew and yeah. 
from a person from back in college who right absolutely hated yeah, standing dude, up terrible. in front of the class. <laughs> you were ter- you were trash at talking in it, front of people, dude. <clears throat> it was it was very scary. But now at this point in my life, like I don't mind it. Yeah. You can tell the people in the room that are super nervous doing it. Yeah. And as long as you get like an elevator pitch going, sure. you know, sure. where you can in 15 to 45 seconds say something about your business yep, or an ask, as they would say. And so you get that down and then you just change it every networking group or uh, even the same one during the week or every couple weeks because no one's going to remember really what you say. Right, right. You know? Yeah, yep. I mean, it might trigger something if you're saying like, uh, instead of just saying, hey, I do, I sell cars, you would tell a customer story. Right. And be like, hey, I was able to work with this couple that got a divorce they were looking to refinance a car the lady ended up buying a car and saying she was my favorite person ever right um or saying i was her favorite person ever and you you tell a story and maybe someone in the room will relate to that sure triggers something yeah an emotion or a yeah yeah for sure And and that's one of the things that has worked really really well in making it a story and triggering an emotion yeah rather than just being the bland old i'm a mortgage lender you know and yeah i got we got great leases on pacifica vans yeah you know of any families that keep popping out kids dude exactly yeah for sure yep so so making sure you try to be yourself don't try to be someone you're not exactly going back to what we said before yeah and just uh generally being a good person, one of the things that really makes it go well is one-on-ones. Mm. So not only are you in that networking group, but sure. you see a pe- you see people and meet people that you um, like and think you could do business with. Yeah. And then you meet them for coffee. Yeah. You meet them for lunch, whatever, but you get to know them on a personal level too. Yep. And that's when it really starts of getting to know multiple people at a time. Yeah. Then they think of you. Right. When it comes to mortgage. Well, and you have that friendship, right? Yeah. And so you're building a friendship. And what do friends want to do? They want to help each other. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, very appreciative of all my friends, including you, that, you know, yeah, you can go buy a car somewhere else, but you choose me because I'm your friend. You want to help me. You mm-hmm. know, I'm. You know I'm providing for a family. You know that I'm... Um, you know, supporting the business, you know, that we've been in business, you know, that, that we're, we're plugging away with, but, um, no friends want to, want to help support friends. Yep. A hundred percent. And so creating those relationships is huge. Um, I get a little jealous sometimes because you're all golfing and I'm stuck in an office, (laughs) you know, but whatever, dude, it is what it is. We can't all have Uh fun like that. Um, but no, I, I just find it super, super fun. I did at one point get invited to that like chamber breakfast thing that they do. Oh yeah. Um, and I think at the time it was into Richmond and gosh, this would have been like nine years ago, but eight years ago, but I went there and I was super new to it and I got roped into it. I took the place of somebody that wasn't there, you know, or wasn't, couldn't be there. The filling. And so I come in and yeah. And they just basically said like, yeah, just say something, you know, uh, on behalf of Bernard's maybe that somebody can, pass on you know info they can pass on to someone else and i'm like yeah whatever 
So I went in and I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm Chase uh, with Bernard's. And, and I'm like the awkward guy standing up and everyone's just staring at me, you know. And yeah. I'm like, um, we got this really cool like Kia Forte lower miles or whatever. And so like if you got a college kid or if what, I mean, good price and stuff. So <laughs> anyways, yeah, that's me. And I sat back down like it was this, it was the most awkward, like 45 <laughs> seconds of my life. But, you know, again, you're not used to speaking in front of people. I'm fresh into it. Like, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Right. You know, and, uh, and it was just, it was funny. So when, when you talk about standing in front of people and that sort of thing, I definitely feel that it's, that's fun. Yeah. And you would be, I mean, you would fit in the crowd with an, with an answer like that though. You know, sure. I mean, not everybody. Well, and now it'd be different. Ten years later, fast forward, I'd have a different pitch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'd be very yeah. different. You know, maybe you talk more about financing rates and this and that and yep. what we're seeing in the market and how it's affecting production or how it's affecting time of vehicles showing up, you know, whatever. It'd be different. It'd be different now. But I was, oh, man, it was it was frightening. I felt like you back in college standing <laughs> yeah. in front of a class giving a speech, dude. It was brutal. It was like, so bad. It was really bad. I didn't prepare very well. Um, but, yeah, now we're rocking and rolling. But, um, yeah, you wouldn't – you would be surprised at how many people that is their elevator pitch of, like, uh, my name's Luke. I really don't know what to say, but I do this. Yeah. Happy to be here. Thanks. They're there for the coffee and donuts. They're, yeah. they're just there for the social interaction. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. uh, all right, I don't even know what you do. You know, I mean, it's... <laughs> so Luke. All right. Yeah. Cool. You like coffee. Good. All and right. Then as soon as you leave, next. you're like, what was that guy's name? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that guy? You yeah, know? for sure. So, no, that's awesome. It's things like that. The, the networking is, is truly where you're going to build that customer base. I mean, fast. Yeah. You know, as yep. fast as you possibly can. Uh, and those connections being made, they can last the rest of your career. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, if you find one good, let's just say accountant for yep. car sales and that accountant or financial advisor. Sure. That's, that, that's maybe a better fit for you. But uh, you find a financial advisor you get to know them and you say, hey, if you have any customers that are stuck at a 7% rate on their autos, because yep. I know you see it, hey, feel free to shout me out. Yeah. And I would love to talk to those people because I know there's a good chance I could get them a lower rate or put them in a car that's better fit for that. Sure. You know? Yeah. And you get to know 15 financial advisors on a personal level. Yeah. I mean, think of that referral base. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And that's kind of what you look on the mortgage side. You have financial advisors, you have accountants, you have lawyers if you can get in with them. Uh, you have realtors. Hmm. And then you have your personal customer base that you have built up. Yeah. So it, it give it 10 years of doing that. Right. I mean, you really could be rolling with a referral. As long as you're doing what you need to do and taking the steps. Yeah. yeah. You got to grow the tree. Right. Absolutely. But the first few years of growing of the tree is... Trees don't grow without water, yeah. son. Yeah. It's a lot of grinding. It's a lot of uh, continuing to be consistent with what you do. Yeah. And I fall into the slumber of like, oh my gosh, everybody else is slow. Like why you have 10 other lenders contacting the same realtor. How am I different with one email? 
Right. You know? Right. So then I just don't do it. Yeah. And then you fall into the slumber of, ah, we'll start again tomorrow. Yep. Nah, we'll try it next week. Nah, the weekend's coming up. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I mean, really pushing yourself. And that's why a lot of people go into, like, coaching. Sure. They get a coach. Because they can't push themselves, so they're going to pay someone to push them. Sure. And they have some that pretty a thing? good... That's a thing in mortgage lending? Yeah. Holy buckets. There's, uh, there's, it's called the core. Okay. These guys are hardcore though. Yeah. I mean, they're going to push you. They go, it's, it's like 3000 to 5000 bucks a month, <laughs> but they go, Gross, dude. if you're not doing what we need to, you're out, you're out. We don't want your money if you're not going to follow the plan. Interesting. Which is good in a way. Oh yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. But it's like, you're going to pay us and we're going to get you to the level you want to be at. Right but you're going to work for it. Right. And that's like mortgage marketing animals is another one with Carl white and everything. And they do the same concept. It's like Monday through Thursday, you're just pounding the phones and yeah, doing, doing this consistent, uh, role of work, but they're the same way. They're like, if you don't follow the coaching, like we're not just going to sit here and take your money. Like that's right. And the coaching, I mean, the coaching side of it, the whole point of that is to help you achieve your, your goals that you've right. set. So, so going on to that subject. Okay. So talking goals, do you personally set goals for yourself <clears throat> or, or does your company more so set goals that you try to abide by or, or hit a little bit of both? I would say more on the personal side of the last few years. Okay. Cause they know what market we're coming into. They know, um, they know the structure of what it takes to be a new salesman. Sure. No matter what industry. Um, so they're pretty laxed and this year, actually 2023, I have beaten just by, a, by a hair beaten my goal. Okay. Which is great. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think they're, my goal was probably a little higher than theirs, which was good. And they and um, they probably more or less don't – I mean, they do, but they don't have expectations necessarily right. because, again, they understand the market's a little slower. They know you're newer. You're still getting your feet wet, yes. blah, blah, blah. Um, so they're not necessarily setting – they're more monitoring and seeing where you're at. Yeah. Is kind of what it comes down they're to. And they're looking at it as they – there's a sheet that comes out every week, and it shows what loans are closed – throughout sure. the week and so i've had management comment on like hey we're seeing you're doing deals like good job yeah you're a rock cool. star you know just continue what you're doing and they see me out with the chamber and all these networking events and so they're seeing the progression of what most people in that chair might not do right so even if i wasn't closing any loans they're seeing me trying yeah they you know, know you're putting the work in and that, and that yep. maybe it's just not connecting yet, but that work eventually, eventually you take shots, you're going to drain some buckets. Yeah. Like it just is what it is. Oh, you're exactly. you're going to drain some shots and that's, and that's what it, uh, you know, I fill, keep filling the funnel, keep filling yep. the funnel as much as you can. And, you know, um, I always say throwing stuff at the wall, see if it sticks. Exactly. You know, and a lot of times salesmen, especially in the automotive industry, um, when you're busy, you can work a car deal pretty quick. And so a, a lot of veteran salesmen, you will see them um, kind of, they'll kind of qualify the customer ahead of time, which you're supposed to do anyways, right? But they base how they're going to work that deal off of how they're qualifying the customer. 
So it's like, yeah. So what's your, you know, what's the story? What brings you in today? Well, I, gosh, I've never really done this before. I don't have the best credit and I'm looking for a car under 15 grand and, you know, I don't have any money down. Been at my job for a month. You know, they start yeah. listing all this stuff and pretty soon that salesman is like, you know, um, yeah, I just, we don't really, we don't really have anything that meets that or, or they're just going to the, you know, they're going to the, the, st- quite frankly, they're going right into, let's just do a credit app and see if we can even get you done before we look for a car, which again, I get that you're saving time, you're saving whatever. Um, but, but I'm just, what I'm more so saying is you can become lazy with it Yeah, and, and just try to try, try to take the low hanging fruit because yep. it's busy and, and let the others kind of sift through the cracks. Well, and it makes me think of, so there's that, that one salesman coach and he has to do with car sales. I sent you that Jack, dude. You know? Yeah, dude. I don't like and that. And then dude. there's, but there's another video of a salesman like mocking him. Yeah. The, I don't know what his name is, but it, it reminds me of the video that, uh, he goes up to a customer and the customer kind of the same thing. Like, I don't have good credit. Like I'm looking for this kind of car. And he's like, Oh, well let me show you to my buddy, Charles, you know, Charles will help you out. You know, I got to go, like, I got to go this way. And and Charles ends up selling him a $70,000 truck Mm. when really. And so the salesman comes back to Charles and was like, Hey, I kind of gave you that deal. Like maybe we split it. Maybe we go halvesies because I touched it. Yeah, exactly. And Charles is like, nah, dog, that was all me, you know? And And that's, and that's what's so, I mean, that's so funny because I've seen that and you've probably seen that too, but you've seen it where people come in and you cannot judge in sales. You cannot judge a book by its cover, right? Hands down. You cannot. And I learned that real quick, but I've had guys come in just full of dirt overalls. They stink, you know, and, and they look rough and and they they sit down and they're like, what do you got for diesels? My last diesel was a 1999. And you're like, (laughs) Oh gosh, here we go. This guy just wants to sip coffee and talk all day, you know? And pretty soon they're driving a eighty five thousand dollar truck, and they got they come back from their test drive and they drop their checkbook and go, "All right, what do I owe you?" Yeah, and you're like, "Oh, okay. Well, let me. Uh, I wasn't prepared for this. Let me. Uh, I'll be right back." You know, it's, like, it's just like it's it's crazy. But then I've also seen the people that come in acting like they're high rollers. And they can't, they can't afford that. They don't they, got a pot. They, they, they ain't got a pot to piss in. Yeah. And so it's, it's both ends of the spectrum. Um, but again, you can't, it, it's super important not to judge a book by its cover. And I learned that real quick. Yeah. Very quick. So. And that's, that's the kind of same on, on my side where the small loans aren't worth it anymore. Mm. You know, yep. like if, if something comes up and it's like a little land loan for, I don't know now 20 30 grand. Yeah. Some people are like, "Nah. Don't hey. want to even mess with it." And I'm like, "I'll I'll take hey them man, all." Hey man, take them all, big and small. Yeah. Yep. So Absolutely. It's it's kind of one of those situations where, you know, as you get older, you and and as you uh age in the industry, you might be more choosy on your deals. Yeah. I've put in the you work. Know? I don't I don't need that stuff. I ain't got time right. for that. My time's more valuable. Yeah, you know than that. Um, and then sometimes it just comes to bite you in the butt because maybe that person buying land is going to build a house. Well, and it's a relationship. Regardless yeah. of what they're spending, it's a relationship. 
And that's why I think it's important no matter what you're selling. You could be selling a uh, $17,000 sectional as a furniture salesman, or you could be selling a $200 sofa or a recliner. It, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter what you're selling. You still treat those customers the same. Yep. You treat them equally. You treat them with both with the utmost respect. You roll out the red carpet for those people, regardless of what they're spending. They're still a customer. There's that's still a relationship, and that's still a referral. Maybe in the future, that's that's that yep. could happen. You know. Oh, for sure. So going back to the uh, the question about goals, how about yep. on your end? I mean, do you set your goals? Do you mm. um, does does the car dealership set goals? Um, what does that look like on your end? Yeah. So, um, with, with the, and I can only speak on, on behalf of, you know, our company, I guess every dealer is different. I'll just put it that way. So in the automotive industry, you have some stores that pay their, pay their salespeople based on tiers. It's a tier system. So they might say, okay, if you sell 10 cars, you get paid this amount per car you sold just flat pay. Um, if you make 15 cars, you get this much, 20 cars, this much. So they kind of cap it at, okay, 20 cars, you get that. Anything more than that, it just stays the same. So you kind of have this goal like, oh, if I get to 20 cars, that's that's it. Like, woo, I did it, you know. Um, some some are all based on uh, it's just a straight flat or it's a, it's a, you know, a, a set commission percentage. Um but for our company, it's a little different. We all, we all again, because we're family owned and uh, work as a team and we don't like that cutthroat environment, it's a team mentality. So all your, all your grosses kind of go into a, into a, a, you know, a setup and then, and then we draw from that, you know? Um, but I personally, yes, I set goals for myself. Um, I have a, I have a goal each month of what I hope to hit. Um, every year I, I do it. Yes. I sometimes do it month to month, but mostly I will do it year over year, year, year end. You know, I'll look at it year end and say, okay, this upcoming year, I want to increase by this much or, you know, and it's hard because there's so many factors like market and production and all these things that can hinder that. Um, but at the end of the day, if you have nothing to shoot for, you have, you have nothing to go after. Right. You know, if you don't have a goal set, you got nothing. So, um, I do generally, I'll look back at, at my last year, um, you know, come January 1st, I'll, I'll take that look back and I'll say, okay, this is where I was at last year. I'd like to increase it by this amount or, or help this many more people find a car, you know, whatever, and kind of set those goals or, Hey, you know, I, there were, you know, this many people I didn't, uh, I didn't even tell about accessories. I didn't even talk to them about running boards. So I want to be better about doing that, you know, and set those goals too. I want to talk. I, w- I want people to understand and know that, hey, we offer parts too, and, and you can get tonneau covers and you get running boards and you can do this um, or, or rust proof and undercoating or, you know, whatever. So yep. setting those individual goals as well. Um, so, yeah, I definitely do that. And, um, but on the flip side, again, going back to laziness or going back to kind of coasting, um, especially as you become a veteran, um, it, it's kind of like, and I've seen this so much, um, with, with other people at other dealerships, but you hit your number and it's kind of like, whew, all right, cool. Done for the month. Like, it's kind of like you now all the pressure's off and you just kind of lay back and, yeah. and, and let, let other people kind of pick up the rest and, 
and and you're kind of already focused on next month, which whatever to each their own. That's not how I tend to think. Um, you know, so it's it's because we out here grinding. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not done. I'm not done until month end. Yeah. You know, is is kind of my mentality. But there are some people that once they hit their goal, it's all right. I'm letting off the gas and just coasting the rest of the month. Yeah, and, and the and the huge difference there is that you could you could sell a car in a day. You know, car a day. That's the goal. Car a day. You On know. the housing market, you're talking anywhere from 15 to 45 days to get a transaction. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you can't afford it. I mean, uh, yeah, that's crazy. So as of right now, I'm looking it, it, November 15th, and we're getting close to yeah, almost not being able to squeeze a house into December. Right. You know, if we're 30, say 30 days on a normal transaction. Yeah. I mean, we're getting close to that number of where are we're already talking 2024. Right for closings to start happening here if they're pushing 45 days right which most are 30 or under but yeah. so it's amazing the difference there you know you're trying to fill your pipeline for the end of the year but you're coming to close to uh being a month out and you're you're done for the year for you got to just close your transactions you have and right and just start on 2024 which yeah, is crazy, crazy to that's think crazy. you know Absolutely. Which you can kind of you can kind of play out what the end of the year is going to look like for you pretty early. Yep. In a way. Absolutely. You know, squeeze a few in there, but um, yeah, it really any any loans that you pick up in in December usually are closing in into the next year. Yeah. That's which wild. is wild to That's think wild. about. But yeah, a lot can. I mean, car yeah, car sales. You can have a you can have a pretty crazy day. Yeah, you know, if it's packed, you can you can be slammed, and it's, I couldn't even imagine waiting that long for a a deal to close. Yeah, I, I mean, really, there's I really stuff to couldn't. do in between. You well, get, sure, no, yeah, hundred percent. But know. just the yeah, I mean, going from how I mean, we can have a customer in and out, sold, signed, sealed, delivered in an, an hour and a half. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> an hour, and it's like to think of thirty days. You're like, dude, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's that's insane. That's truly you got to fill up your pipeline. You know? Right, absolutely. Cause you gotta, you gotta look out and you know, some months are great. You close, you know, I think my biggest month was August and I closed, I think 10 transactions. Okay. Um, which was a really good month. Yeah. But yeah. trying to get that consistently in a market like this is almost impossible, but it's, it's doable. You just got to yeah. work at it. But, yep. um, but you think of that, I mean, that's, that's going back to building relationships. Right. You know, to be able to have people send you clientele, right. uh, their their friends, their neighbors, their cousins, their family members, you yep. know, things like that. It, it's super important to continue to build those relationships because that's what's going to keep you busy in the future. It's amazing to me that people don't utilize Facebook and social media yeah. when they sell products. You yeah. Know, like, it just blows my mind. You know, I'm thinking of... I'm thinking of networking and referrals, which is what you were just talking about. And it, it, it really does. Like it blows my mind. You have a free tool and you just choose not to choose. You know what I mean? Like I've had, I've had guys from other stores reach out to me and, and say like, Hey man, what do you, what do you think? I'm thinking about doing this. I like what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. I want to kind of do something of my own. And it's like, okay. So I help them like get set up with that. Yeah. Like, okay, we build a, you know, my thing is cut to the chase. What can your thing be? You know, buying with Brandon or, 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 you know, whatever, like, 
ask for AJ, you know, it's just something <laughs> stupid, but something that catches people at people's attention and like helping them kind of, kind of create like a, a profile and whatever. Um, but then it's like, they do it for two weeks. And again, it's the laziness sets in. Yeah. It's like, well, whatever. I don't need to do that. Like it's, it's, you know, and it's just crazy to me. Or it's that. like, it didn't, it didn't work two weeks in. It didn't work. Right. Well, that's, that's not how it works. Unfortunately. <laughs> you know, I well, mean, and again, most people don't take it the next step of diving deeper into the, the algorithms that Facebook and social media use. You know, yeah. it's like, you're talking about a tool where, yeah, you add that person on Facebook every one of my customers I add on Facebook. So I have them. Now they yep. can contact me whenever, even if they lost my card, they can say, Hey dude, it's me, you know, blah, 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 blah. bought that car for me. Yeah. This is going on, whatever. And they're seeing the, seeing the, photos. and they're seeing the posts and they're, they're staying in touch with me that way. Yep. Um, but I add every single one of them on Facebook and, and Instagram. Um, if I post their picture, which I would, but if I do their shout out and their story, I tag them in it. You know, just a simple tag. Now their whole friend group can see it. Their family can see it. Their f- close friends can see it. You're gaining likes. You're gaining views. You're gaining all that off of that. I mean, it's really simple. It, it really is. Like, when I do that, it takes five, ten minutes out of my day to sit down yeah. and just create a create content that you can share and, and again, make that person feel good because that's a goal, but also grow your business. Yep. And it just blows my mind. I don't I don't get it. There's some people that do it way I mean awesome. They they go super deep into it. I don't go that deep into it. I just throw up the generic whatever and I make some reels every once in a while of cool trucks or you know whatever. Yep. Um but again, my goal is not to go viral. My goal is more doing it in the sense to just grow my clientele and keep us all the under the umbrella. You know, they're under my umbrella of hey, I know I got Chase on Facebook. I'm going to shoot him a note. Yep. And uh and that's, you know, I leave my Facebook up every single day at work and that's how people communicate with me. I rarely have a customer text me. It's all yeah. Facebook. Um, so I think, I think if that's, you know, just word, word of advice, if somebody's starting out, I think that's a, a good way to do that and just kind of keep your follow-ups and everything together, um, you know, and do it that way. So, <clears throat> and going back to what you had just talked about on uh, kind of building your business or, um, yeah, pretty much building your business. And a, a lot of the times I watch videos on like stand up comedy. Yeah. And these, I love me a good stand up comedian. You dude, know? I love it. And, yeah, uh, my favorite part right now is, um, Shane. Oh, what is this? Yeah, name? dude. Gillis. Shane. Yeah. Shane Gillis <laughs> goes, or whatever. And he goes, uh, where you get that cheese, Danny? <laughs> Have you seen that part, dude? Is this the one where he's talking about his his cousin that like builds <laughs> his, sandwiches in the closet or whatever? Yeah, dude. Yeah, where he builds uh builds sandwiches at night and takes them to restaurants just in case they don't offer uh, grilled cheese. That's so funny, dude. And you see him grab. <laughs> I just watched that the other day. That's where you get that cheese, Danny. <laughs> and the dad's like, I swear that little is making him that night. <laughs> And he goes, I'm not making them at night, dad. And then he'll look at yes, you and I say, am. I'm making them at night. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when he says, uh, when he says, um, where you get that cheese, Danny, that sentence lives rent free in my head for That's quite awesome. some time now. But, but anyways, these, these guys have been doing stand up comedy for years. I mean, an example being Matt Reif or whatever his name is, or, 
uh, Shane or uh, Tom. I mean, all these guys, they've been doing it for literal like 15 to 20 years. Right. And now that social media is a big thing, now that everything, they're starting to blow up. Right. And everybody's like, oh, you're getting successful super quick. But these guys have been grinding. Yeah, dude. Matt Reif was just talking about, he was just on a podcast the other day talking about how a year ago he was contemplating quitting, moving out of LA or wherever he's at and and working a regular nine to five and just, you know, because he was only making like 60 grand a year, 40, 40 grand a year. And he's like, I can't do this anymore. Like, this is nuts, man. And then all of a sudden, he, he created some content, and boom. Now he made, like, 24 mil last year. It's crazy. Yeah, it's wild, man. So it just goes to show, I mean, no matter what industry, I mean, it might not take you to 24 mil, but it might take you to 24 mil. But either way, yeah, I think the important thing is there that people grind for a long time before they see, like, super success. Right. Uh, and if you do it right, you might get there a little faster. It might take you a little bit longer. But at the same time, putting your steps in every single day, I think, is super important. Uh, and to know that even though someone on the other side looks like they're doing super well, they've built up to that. Right. It wasn't an overnight success, usually. They Yeah. It's rare. Usually. It's, it's, it's rare, rare that that happens. Especially in sales. Right. You know, it's rare. They've they've put in their time. They've built that clientele, and now they're doing the volume they are. Yeah. Right. So don't don't throw up your one Facebook post saying, "Hey, so and so bought a car for me today," and then it flops and it gets three likes, and you're like, "I ain't never doing that again, dude." Nobody yeah. liked my post, and so I'm over it. I'm right. done with it, dude. Whatever. Yeah. That ain't how it works. And just don't look at your sales numbers or look at you and say. Well, I'm not to where that person is, so I should be ashamed of what my numbers are. Again, comparison is the biggest thief when it comes to joy. It is. We've talked about that before. Yep. No matter what in life, if you're comparing to someone else, I mean, it's never going to turn out well. Right. 100%. But, yeah. I mean, we. So as we land this plane, we've been talking for a while now. So as we land the plane, I want to end on this note. What has been the most interesting story? Or, per, or like person you've worked with? Like what, you don't have to say names, n- no specifics, but what's what's like the most interesting scenario that you've had come across your office or your desk as far as like interactions or whatever? Yeah. I mean, I haven't really, honestly. I got so many, dude. It's ridiculous. Had some crazy, I mean, interactions, yes. I've had some very weird, uncomfortable interactions. Transactions, not really. I've had really good transactions, and mm. I think half of it goes to show of, like, my process. Yeah. Um, so all of them, but the weird interaction was there was only one one-to-one lunch that I felt really like Awkward. I wasted the bank's money. Oh, <laughs> <You> really? <laughs> because it was this realtor, like she had, she had come to lunch and learn. And, uh, we decided it, on the internet site showed that she was like a super, super, like a management realtor at this, uh, this office. And she was just you catfished know, you hard, dude. She <laughs> catfished it, it, it you kinda, so hard. It kind of happened that way. But at the same time, it was, she once I got to know her, she had only sold one house in her career. She was just fresh out of college, 
and she didn't know how to speak. So like I was pushing questions and she might've been uncomfortable, whatever. Mm. Um, and I sat there at lunch and it's like, when you're having a conversation with someone you don't know, you need to keep that conversation going. Absolutely. Or else it gets really awkward. It gets super awkward. And if you have one and, awkward moment, it's kind of over. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just a downward spiral from and, there. And we're sitting here, um, you know, cause we went to lunch because I thought it was going to be a, like a better, you know, good referral basis. Yeah. She's a management at this realty company, whatever. Yep. And it was the most awkward thing, but luckily I'm able to, I've really structured myself well on uh, ability to keep a conversation going. Yeah. So I just asked question after question. There was no questions back and we call that a taker rather than a giver. Right. You know, we talk about that at work of, uh, are they a taker or are they a giver? Yeah. You know, if they take, 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 they just want to talk about themselves, yeah. Yeah. you know? And of course, if they give, they give to the conversation. But this lady was a taker, but I don't think she knew how to ask a question back sure. or keep a conversation going. Yeah. And it just got like, luckily I was able to play it off and, you know, just keep the conversation going until dinner or lunch was over. And we just went on with our lives and yeah. never talked to each other <laughs> yeah, again. Dude. But yeah. luckily, out of all the lunches and coffees I've had, that was the that was the one where it like scarred me for life in a way of like mm. that's a staple moment of yeah okay there are gonna be some <laughs> weird things happening <laughs> right. you know but right. all right throw it back to you let's hear your story oh gosh I've had some weird ones man I uh, I've had um, I'm trying to think now. I could I could probably share a few. I had one I had one where me and this dude, so him and his wife bought a pickup truck and it was the Rams came out with a new design in 2019, so they had a much larger back seat on the crew cab by like four inches. Right? Which those are amazing. Oh, they're so nice, dude. I don't so, own one, but I want one. Yeah, four inches deeper in the back seat, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it it is it's right. It makes a difference, and so. During my delivery process, we walk around the exterior and then I'll say, all right, let's hop in. Let's go through the radio, get you, get you acclimated to all the settings, you know, whatever. And so the husband, I, I let him drive. So he was in the driver's seat. I was in the passenger seat. And the whole time I'm doing my spiel, which is like, it could have been 30 minutes. I can hear this lady like wrestling around in the back seat, like just like maneuvering, like you can hear her coat and it's like, all right, man, like, like we're talking, we're having a full blown conversation. I haven't even looked at this chick yet. And I'm like, what is going on back there? Like, I want to know <laughs> what you're doing, you know? And, and so I get to the end of my, com my, my conversation with the husband and I go, uh, I go, well, that's it. That's it for you guys. You know, any last questions for me? And I kind of, I kind of like lean back so I can now see her in the back seat and she's like laying down in the back seat. Right. And I'm like, I kind of look back at her like, what are you doing? You know, I didn't say anything. And all of a sudden she pops up. She grabs the two front seats, leans forward and goes, what's the best way to have sex in this thing? Oh, my God. And I just looked at her husband and her husband's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know what to say to you right now. And I'm like, you know what? I, I said I could give you an answer, but I'm just going to let you guys find out. All right. I'll let you guys explore that and find out. So that was that was a really uh, interesting one. Um, but no, it's, it's fun, man. Every, every situation's different. Every customer's story is different. That's what makes it fun. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's the funnest part of my job for sure. 
Well, good. I mean, to wrap it up, um, I didn't say this in the beginning, and I have in every episode, but wherever you guys are listening, <laughs> <laughs> we we do appreciate the support. Um, if you would subscribe, uh, follow along, hit that bell. Hit that bell, son. Um, and we, we hope we had a good conversation today for everybody to listen, and um, if you're if you're wanting to get into sales, just feel free to reach out, and we'd love to chat with you about um, what that looks like. What that looks like, you know, what, what you that is, expect. or if you have your own business or anything. If you have any questions on how we approach uh, our sales, it might work in your business. You know, it might it might be a fit for you know trying to get yourself out there. Hmm. Um, so, I mean. Any last notes? No, I was. I guess I'll just end it with this. Um, so this is episode nine. Episode ten next week. We are going to uh, take a break after episode ten. Is what it sounds like. We kind of talked about that today, and so that's I think how we'll do it. Is we'll kind of have seasons, right? So season one is going to be ten episodes long. We'll take a break. Uh, maybe take a few weeks or a month off and kind of regroup and talk about some different topics we want to touch on, create an agenda. Maybe we uh, make a plan to bring some some people on to interview, yeah. you know, on the next season, whatever. Now that you know about us and kind of what we've what we've been doing and, and what our life looks like. Um, but yeah, just just kind of regroup, um, refocus a little bit, set up a plan for season two. And then uh, come back with some new stuff for you. For sure. And you still will catch us on social media. It just won't be the the uh, the, the episodes. Episode Full form. episodes. The podcast form. So, yeah. That's it, man. So, we're tapping out. Hope you guys are enjoying. Hope you guys are rocking with us. We appreciate. We appreciate everything. See ya. Crooked Sticks. Out. Out. <laughs>